It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're a pro, you know that this is not efficient because you know there's a better way. There's also a better way to save. When pro customers buy building supplies in bulk at Lowe's, they save up to 20% every day. Buy in bulk and save up to 20% on concrete, gypsum, and gypsum accessories. At Lowe's, buy more, save more. Visit the Pro Desk or Lowe'sForPros.com for details. Discount applies to contractor pack items. Minimum purchase required, U.S. only. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Locked on Vikings on the Locked on Podcast Network, Tuesday edition of the program. My name's Sam Ekstrom, at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter, broadcasting from the Cumulus Studios in Minneapolis. We have a great home to record the podcast the home of KQRS, Tom Bernard, Michelle Tafoya, the KQ Morning Show, 93X, 105 The Vibe with Zany K. We thank them for the hospitality. And zonecoverage.com, your home for not only Vikings, but Minnesota sports content, where today you can find Arif Hassan's latest work analyzing quarterback salaries and whether it's feasible that Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Bradford could coexist in addition Luke Inman has a terrific video breakdown of speedy wide receiver John Ross, who will be available in the draft. Today, a couple Vikings items to get to. Number one, the Vikings made official the Case Keenum signing. We talked about it a bit yesterday with Sage Rosenfels. You can go back and podcast that in case you missed it. Like Sage, Keenum spent a lot of time in Houston. He had a really tough start. He played in parts of three seasons for the Texans, went on to St. Louis, was given the starting job last year over the lackluster Jared Goff, but could not hold it. Keenum was a college star out of Houston in college, 57 games over five seasons. One of those years he missed in large part due to a torn ACL, giving him a medical redshirt, but in 57 games, Completed 1,546 passes, 19,217 yards, 155 touchdowns, 46 interceptions. He was the Conference USA Freshman of the Year in 2007. Conference USA Offensive Player of the Year in 2008. Conference USA MVP not once but twice, 2009 and 2011. Awarded the Sammy Baugh Trophy, 2009 and 2011 as the nation's top collegiate passer. But again, his career to this point has been underwhelming. Granted, he was really up against it in Los Angeles, being the guy who was in front of a number one overall pick. Just going to L.A., trying to turn some heads, gain some fans. You've got a coach in Jeff Fisher who was on the chopping block and eventually got fired in part because of the way he handled this quarterback situation. And just in general, an offense around you that's not very good. And Keenum was not good enough in his own right to carry the Rams forward. Now that that job has passed Keenum by, it may be tough for Keenum to ever secure a starting job again. 
unless he falls into a situation where injury leads to him being thrust into action. I would strongly suspect that Taylor Heineke has a chance to win this job over Keenum. And you'd think that Heineke would get the benefit of the doubt if all things are equal between the two quarterbacks. The Vikings are going to go with the homegrown guy in Heineke rather than the journeyman in Keenum. The Vikings also made a move yesterday, signing a punter. Who's ready for an in-depth punter breakdown? I am. Ryan Quigley, former Bear, former Jet, former Cardinal. He was an undrafted free agent out of college where he attended Boston College. He was the school's all-time leader in career punts. Not sure that's a compliment if you're Boston College's offensive coordinator. But Quigley then latched on with the Bears, did not actually punt for Chicago, moved on to the New York Jets, where he was their full-time punter for three years. Quigley was only mildly successful in New York. If you're looking for a big-leg punter to be the antidote for the soft-legged Jeff Locke, Ryan Quigley is not the guy. He has never had a net over 40 yards, which is Mike Prefer's target for his punters. He is, however, decent at putting punts inside the 20. Arguably, his best year came in 2014 when his net was 39.9. He had 23 punts inside the 20 and kept teams to just 10 yards per average, which is not great, but it is passable. He regressed in 2015 in New York, which led to his release. His average and his net both went down two or three yards, though his inside the 20 percentage went up to 36%. Return averages went up as well, though, and it did not preserve his job. Quigley then had to go to Arizona as a replacement for Drew Butler. Butler hurt his Achilles in week three of last season, so Quigley filled in for six games, netting just 37.2, which finished as 32nd in the league. His average was just 41.6 yards. So he's gone down from 45.9 to 43.8 to 41.6 in terms of average the past three years. He will likely compete with Taylor Simank, the undrafted punter out of Texas Tech. Simank had a very nice senior season. Though he only had 33 punts, he averaged 46 yards per punt, which would be outstanding if the Vikings could also get that out of him. For reference, Jeff Locke never averaged more than 44.2 on his punts. And Jeff Locke, like Ryan Quigley, never netted above 40 yards. So in summary, Ryan Quigley is somewhat comparable to Jeff Locke. His ceiling may not be that high. You know what you're going to get. Decently accurate on punts inside the 20. He should stay away from touchbacks for the most part. With Simank, I think your upside is higher. Certainly there's a chance that he's also worse. So on one hand, we have a journeyman quarterback, Case Keenum, trying to win the backup job. On the other side, with special teams, you've got a punting competition. Taylor Simank versus Ryan Quigley. And this will complete the 100% turnover of the Vikings special teams unit. What was once... Leffler, Locke, and Walsh will now be McDermott, Forbath, Quigley, slash Simank. Last item today, I thought I would address a tweet that came out 
a couple days ago from Charlie Walters, veteran columnist for the Pioneer Press. Here's what you need to know about Charlie Walters. He's not an active Twitter user, but when he gets on Twitter, he usually drops bombs. For instance, two falls ago when the Norwood Teague scandal at the University of Minnesota went down, Walters broke that story. Logging on to Twitter something like 10 days after his last visit to Twitter, he hops on, drops the scoop, and then scurries off. His scoop-per-tweet ratio is very high. He's a veteran, and he has sources. Two days ago, he hopped on Twitter for the first time in nearly a week. He tweets, Looks like Minnesota Vikings will take offensive guard or center with their top pick in April 27 NFL draft. Now, when you're picking 48th, I don't think any scoop is gospel. Too much can happen. If there's suddenly a run on interior linemen in the first or early second round of the draft, then this could completely blow up. But I tend to trust what Shooter says. So in the spirit of Charlie Walter's tweet, let's bring to the forefront a few guards that the Vikings might covet. Firstly, Forrest Lamp of Western Kentucky. Lamp is probably a long shot. He was the best O-lineman at the Senior Bowl, according to Luke Inman. And he's one of those that was a tackle in college, as many of the great NFL guards were. Sort of like how elite cornerbacks in college never play on the inside. So you're transitioning from tackle to guard. But Lamp was very durable in college. He was a tough, tough lineman. Also has center flexibility. He's 6'3", 310. Forrest Lamp, Western Kentucky, might be the first guard off the board, might not be around for the Vikings. But fortunately for Minnesota, there is good early to middle round guard depth. And what do you know? The Vikings have five picks between rounds two and four. That leads us to three names that I think Vikings fans are beginning to familiarize themselves with. Number one, Dan Feeney, guard, Indiana, 6'4", 304. He was hurt in 2016, had a concussion deal, played quite a bit of right tackle in college. But again, he shapes up as an NFL guard, has similar size to Forrest Lamp. Should be good in the ground game. He blocked for Tevin Coleman, the current Atlanta Falcon, nearly Super Bowl champion, the second-year running back. Thanks to Feeney's blocking, Coleman made a splash and was drafted in the NFL. You've also got Deion Dawkins out of Temple. Shameless plug for the draft wrap. Luke Inman hosts I Produce. We had Deion Dawkins on the show a few weeks back. That's something I would recommend you podcast. Dawkins is athletic despite his 317-pound frame. The jury is split a bit on Dawkins. Some see him as day three. Some see him as day two. He had a good senior bowl, which may have increased his stock. He can play tackle or guard. And of those mentioned, he has the longest arms. And we all know how long arms tend to be a distinguishing factor in linemen. You want to have that leverage. You want to have that long punch. Last name to bring up, Ethan Posick, LSU. He's a mountain of a man, 6'6", Imagine Posick and Boone as your guards. The difference with Posick is that he played on the interior in college. Helped block for Leonard Fournette. 
possibly the first running back off the board in the draft. Posick could play center. He could be your Joe Berger replacement when Berger moves, moves on or retires. At 6-6, reports say that Posick is very reliable in pass protection, good at opening holes in the ground game, and could hold his own against powerful nose tackles. The question is, is 6-6 a little bit too tall? Is it too big? Especially if they want him to play some center. If the Vikings are okay with Boone's size, they would probably be okay with Posick's size. As long as Bradford slash Bridgewater would be able to see over them. 6-6 Posick on the right, 6-7 Boone on the left. Those are some tall trees. But I like that trio. Dan Feeney, Deion Dawkins, Ethan Posick, Indiana Temple, and LSU, respectively. If we are to believe Shooter, Charlie Walters, those three may be on the Vikings' radar. Sage Rosenfels will be back with us on Wednesday. Should have a guest in here for Thursday's show, and then Sage back on Friday. Draft in 23 days. And Vikings have an off-season workout in 13 days. So the off-season program is beginning. Phase one, phase two, phase three. Mini camps, OTAs, training camp. The off-season continues to move along. Make sure to check out Locked On NFL Draft with John Ledyard. Locked On Timberwolves with Zach Bennett. They got a big win last night over Portland. My name's Sam Extra, and this is Locked On Vikings. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Hey, Locked On Minnesota listeners, this is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked On Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Locked On Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Locked On Wild to your device every day.